The first sensation was an extraordinary lightness of being, of floating, dreaming, a wonderful feeling. Faces drifted through his head, trailing names behind them like the ripples left by a tiny boat on a vast ocean. Nicholas, Maria, Don Luigi, Lorenz, Kelly, Ellen. A woman's tinkling laughter, green eyes, blurred images bathed in a blue light, Signs, symbols written in a strange hand, a mumbling, monotonous chant in a strange, disturbingly familiar tongue. Oroni bajihie oyada, orokahe kware mikama, bial, oyad, zodakare odzodamaranu, nokumada, hoatae saitan. Men in monks' robes standing in a circle around a great stone their hoods pulled low to conceal their faces, the voice of a child, frantic and afraid. Where are my mummy and daddy? Don't leave me on my own. A whiff of holy water and clove oil. A young man on a massage couch, cramps coursing through his body, cursing in the Naples dialect. Tisca safasi home merda. A number. 306. Water. Endless water. An ocean by night, with a blue light reflecting on the waves, up and down, up and down. A fountain. A spiral symbol, spinning, faster and faster. A lullaby from long ago. Little rabbit in your hole sat and slept, sat and slept, sat and slept. Somebody calling. Pay no attention. Stay as you are, so peaceful, gently rocking, up and down forever weightless. And then he woke up. Violently and without warning, Peter Adam re-entered a world of pain, panic, and terror. On opening his eyes, the first and only thing he was aware of was a pleasant, warm, milky light enveloping him. For a moment he was tempted to yield to this friendly, benevolent light that seemed to fill the world and keep him gently afloat. Beyond it there were only sketchy shadows, far in the distance. The next thing he was aware of was the tube running down his throat. Instinctively, he tried to breathe and couldn't. The tube was blocking his windpipe. He realized two things right away. First, that he was underwater, encased in some sort of transparent cocoon. Second, that this cocoon was filled with an opaque milky water in which his body floated like an embryo in its amniotic sac. That was when the shock set in. He thrashed out in all directions with his arms and legs. He tried to grasp the material that encased him, but to no avail. Whatever it was made of was tough and leathery. Despite the fact that he was underwater, he tried to scream with all the force of his lungs, but the pipe running down his throat made that impossible, too. The pressure on his lungs was growing. Terrified that he was about to drown or suffocate, he clawed frantically at the transparent cocoon surrounding him. Finally, the fingers of his left hand managed to force their way through and rip a hole in it. He pushed his head through, only to be blinded by the light. The pressure on his lungs eased immediately, but he still had the tube down his throat. Naked, his whole body coated with a cheesy slime, he collapsed on the floor. The pain of his fall contrasted violently with the pleasant feeling of weightlessness just a few minutes earlier and brought him sharply down to earth. Instinctively, he grabbed the tube and choked as he pulled it from his throat, only to realize that there were in fact two tubes, down both his windpipe and his gullet. 
In desperation, he yanked both seemingly endless tubes from his throat, vomiting up a torrent of brightly colored liquid. Now at last, groaning in pain, he managed to heave a lungful of air. But the act of breathing alone was torture. His lungs were on fire. In a puddle of milky goo, Peter curled up in a ball and gasped for breath, every now and then coughing up more liquid, retching and choking until he was able to inhale once more. To his surprise, he realized he had an erection which was only gradually subsiding. When he had stopped coughing up more liquid and his breathing had eased, he took a quick look around him. The bright light came from a bulb suspended from the ceiling above him, which appeared to be the only light. He was in an oval room with bare white walls. He was lying next to a sort of metal table, which he must have fallen off. The room was no bigger than his parents' living room, but there were three low banks of gently humming electronic equipment covered in LEDs and dials, and tubes and cables ran between them and the metal table.